Hello, Stuart. How are you? Well, Tom, I'm uh, I'm not very well uh, this week. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Stuart. What, what's what's the, what's the matter? What, are, are you feeling down? I am feeling a bit blue uh, because I uh, posted uh, what I thought was a rather dashing selfie on my Instagram account, mm. and um, it's only had uh, six likes so far. And, uh, was this one of your thirst traps? Was it? This <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> it's caused me. It's caused me a great deal of mental distress. That oh, sure. like the, thirst, the thirst trap. Oh yes. Um, it was. Was it the wrong choice of posing pouch this week or something uh, like I that? Don't, <laughs> I don't know. I have to say, uh, I can't explain it, and uh, yeah. that's why it's been playing on my mind and why it's caused me um, uh, such mental, you know, mental distress. Health problems. Yeah. 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 Well, we we are, as you can probably guess, talking about. Well, but to be clear, this time actually it wasn't a true story. Stuart did not do it. Do, well, I don't know, Stuart. Did you do a a, a thirst trap photo no, of yourself? Post, no, the only thing I post on Instagram is uh, pictures of nice sushi that I've eaten. So um, oh, right. there's okay. no pictures of my face on there. Yeah. I used to post pictures of Warhammer miniatures I'd painted on Instagram, um, and then Very one of my friends. <laughs> well, exactly, yes, and also then one of my like our friends from the NCT said, "Oh, like found found my email address." You know, went sort of, "Oh, look, my, my, here's a contact you know." And is she like expecting to see photos of our kids? <laughs> and it's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what the hell is this yeah. image of like a like an inch tall miniature with an axe? You know, like yeah, well, that, yeah, that's that's like, a bit a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so yeah. I stopped doing that. Yeah, takes, a, that was, takes a bit of time to explain. Yeah, kept kept my anonymous account on reddit instead um <laughs> nice yeah uh, but anyway so, yes. but the point is the reason that we are talking about this is uh that our episode today is about the ongoing and long-running debate on the effects of social media on people's mental health so welcome to the study show i'm Stuart. yes and i'm tom hello everybody yes. Uh, yeah, and Tom, uh, this week, the week that we're recording this, there's been a yeah. big debate in the UK, uh, yeah. in, in in Parliament about this, or not not necessarily a debate, but um, some proposals. Right? An intervention, yes. So Miriam yeah. Cates, who I think is a Tory MP, um, British a British uh, member of Parliament, a lawmaker yes, to so. our American, yes. yeah, yes. Um, asked the Prime Minister to, to, and I quote, consider banning social media and perhaps even smartphones for under 16s, wow. because since 2010, across the English-speaking world, there has been a marked increase in poor teen mental health, teen suicide attempts, and children addicted to pornography. So Sunak have been have been have been considering it already for uh, since certainly brought it up in December last year. Jeremy Hunt back in 2018 called was calling for age verification for social media and therefore a de facto ban for youth people for young people yes um because you could tech firms were collectively turning a blind eye to a whole generation of children being exposed to the harmful emotional side effects of social media um this is all so there's there's like a causal so first of all there's 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 two claims there's like there's a big mental health uh crisis yeah and and also there's evidence that smartphones and or uh social media is 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 the cause of it right so that, that that's the sort of inherent Yes, exactly. Hypothesis. And the yeah. it always slightly the debate always slightly elides social media and and smartphones as one thing, which you yeah, know yeah, I, yeah. I can you know whether that's fair or not. Maybe we'll get back to a bit. But we, and anyway, so the, a lot of what this is based on is the work of two American psychologists, Gene 
Twengi, I think. Um, I think they say Twengi. It's T-W-E-N-G-E, right? But they say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says Twengi. My understanding is that's how she goes. Yeah, I called it Twenge. called her Twenge for years, which is not right. Anyway, so yeah. um, And and Jonathan Haidt, who's a psychologist at NYU Stern Business School. So there's Some people mispronounce his name too. They say Haidt. Haidt, yes. Haidt. Height, yes, yes. Um, uh, so which Rishi Sunak does not have much of, as you yes, previously exactly. mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so in the space, so a classic um, Jonathan. Uh, the point that Jonathan Height is making: there was an interview in the Spectator last November with him, and it sort of gets into a lot of what he says. Around the middle of last decade, so that's not 2010, but okay, the middle of last decade, the number of young people with anxiety, depression, and even suicidal tendencies started to rise sharply, according to him. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you can. He thinks that students who are brought up with smartphones are angrier, m- more fragile, and more likely to take offense. Um, yeah. He's got a whole book coming out about this. Uh, it's called The Anxious Generation, How the Great Rewiring of Childhood is Causing an Epidemic of Mental Illness. Um, I think it comes out in March this year. So to be clear, if anyone's listening to this after March, after the book is out, we haven't read it because we're recording this in January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but, but, but we, we, I don't think... Um, uh, you know, it's not like Jonathan Haidt has been keeping it under wraps. That you know, the thesis or the evidence for this, he's been talking no. about this very publicly for a long time, and so for a long we're time, going to address some of the claims he's been yeah, in going on about. And to, and to be clear, like I've, I've met John John Haidt, and I've interviewed him a couple of times, and he, I think, he is a good and well-meaning scientist who's interested in finding out things. I like, you know, whether yeah. or not he's right about this. I, I don't want to like. He's a, a good great guy. guy. I'm a big fan uh, of of his work on you know. Uh, uh, free speech and uh yeah. um the kind of the the slight uh, downturn that uh, universities in america have taken mm. uh, recently all that stuff great stuff yeah. um and much of his psychology work as well so yeah. um it's uh it's just this issue which um i suppose spoiler alert we are going to take some issue with uh his arguments uh in, yeah, in this exactly I, I think it won't it won't surprise anyone who's listened to the studies shows of so far that we're a little <laughs> skeptical of some of the stronger claims in this but you know spoiler alert and all that anyway um so right around 2013 says height all these girls suddenly start checking into psychiatric inpatient units or suicide they're making many more suicide attempts level of harm goes up by 200 or 300 percent especially for younger girls aged 10 to 14 self-harm oh sorry yes so did i say level of harm sorry yes level of yes. self-harm um <laughs> Yeah, uh, goes up well, by two hundred or three hundred percent. Yeah, so that's yeah. three or four wow. fold increase, which is a big deal, right? Or well, sounds a yeah. big deal anyway. Yeah. Um, now, notice there's a, already there's a slight. Like, when does this start? Is an interesting question. We've got 2010, the middle of last decade, 2013. So people are sort of shifting. Sort of, it's not exactly clear, and that's it's a murky starting point. And well, as you've pointed out loads of times, Stuart, in um online and in pieces you've written yeah you can't you have to be very careful of just saying look x happened in 2010 and then we see this line start going up after 2010 therefore x you know like the the bbc tv series sherlock came out in 2010 and i'm unwilling to say that that caused a wave of depression (laughs) and you never know know. (laughs) well yeah i quite liked it yeah so i I think that's something you need to be really careful about saying look here's a line on the graph and you know, we say here's a vertical line on the time graph 2010 2013 whatever and look this line starts going up after that and sort of either hinting or stating outright that, that mean you know that's not how working out causality works that's not in some in some ironic way mm. uh it might be due to the nature of social media that this has become a, a sort of common style of argument mm. um the 
the way you get attention on social media is to post a graph that has some sort of trend and then you know you'd put a line at 2010 or whatever and as Mm. you say there is debate about exactly when the year is but you put a line at whatever that year is and then you sort of draw allow people to draw their own conclusions about oh well that must have Mm. caused the the thing that that happened in 2010 must have then caused the change posted without comment you know that sort of thing yeah yeah. and 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 those kind of graphs go viral on social media all the time but we all, if you, take, if you take a step back, we all know that's a bad way to do arguments. We all know that that's not the right way to to yeah. um, to, to 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 make statements about causal processes, and um, uh, we know there's all sorts of confounding factors. We know there's all sorts of measurement issues. There's all sorts of problems that could mean that that thing that happened does not cause the yeah. the change in the line that you subsequently see and so i find it a bit frustrating when you see people who ordinarily are really quite careful and really quite um uh you know skeptical about graphs and statistics and so on posting these kind of like very obvious like that's you can't do that yeah, it's, not, it's can't. not it's not okay you need to, you need to be really careful to establish causality um yeah. and it's just it's just not how, how it works nonetheless everybody okay knows so that. everybody knows that but they but they do it anyway in this debate yeah anyway whether or not you know and we'll get back to whether we think there's it's it is it is a, a the, the line on the graph really does represent the the causal thing here yes. institutions are taking it very very seriously i mean uh, unesco the child protect the un's child protection arm um, mm-hmm. sort of so that called for a global ban on smartphones in school last year, which you know that's not the same as banning children from having them, but it's certainly it's getting involved at a high level. And this whole yeah. thing has been going on for a long time. I think the the sort of the starting gun on the main are uh, the you know that I but you and I were both were around when old um, Susan Greenfield was saying it was all video games uh, causing yes. people to um, to like they would playing video games and therefore they wouldn't realize that life wasn't a video game and they could die in real life and all that sort of stuff uh, it was all she would yeah she and, and it was video games were destroying our ability to understand reality or whatever anyway but wasn't on the smartphone who like was like did, like soiling himself while playing starcraft or something like that i remember something i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure there are lots I'm sure i can just picture them you know i'm sure there are lots of people who do that yes exactly yeah. but like, i'm not <laughs> yeah. sure you can draw a wider public health story from uh, from <laughs> one not, really disgusting not. guy anyway um so yeah so the, the famous the famous sort of starting gun on the social media and smartphones are the problem thing was uh jean twenge in 2017 she wrote a book with an astonishingly long subtitle. It's called iGen, um, but I, I have to, I've just yeah. remembered that, that iGen, like, like how, yeah. lowercase i, so like i generate, like iPhone. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, um, iGen colon. Why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us? Jeez, do you oh even need the, do you need the rest of the book after that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you do because you need to answer the question, I suppose. It's quite so, a busy, right, a busy yeah. front cover. Yeah. It is, yeah, um, yeah, but there's still room for her name on the front, so that's fine. That's fine. Mm. Anyway. She wrote that, and she wrote this accompanying article with a much pithier headline have, uh, in the Atlantic, which was "Have smartphones destroyed a generation?" Yeah, that um, was a bit, I remember when that came out, and that, that was went a big, huge. That was a 20, big 20, deal. Was that 2017 as well? 2017. That, yeah, that, that was so a big the, deal when that came out. Yeah, and it said um, the. This is from. I'm taking this from the Atlantic article. Rates of teen depression and suicide have skyrocketed since 2011. It's not an exaggeration to describe iGen as being on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades. Much of this deterioration can be traced to their phones. Um, 
So that's a very clear, that's you know, no she's just straightforward. Terms. No uncertain terms. It is the phones that is causing what is a really disastrous mental health crisis. I will also say, as well as depression rates being up, kids today, she points out, are sm- drinking less, smoking less, having sex less, and taking fewer drugs. It's just like, dorks. Bunch of dorks. Anyway, like, bully them. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not cool like me. Anyway, um, yeah. right. Yeah, so anyway, the, uh, Gene Twenge goes on. So what are they doing with all that time? They're on their phone in their room alone and often distressed. And she based this yeah, on her own analysis of data from this database called Monitoring the Future. And there's another, another nationally representative survey called Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance System. And um, she found huge links or very, uh, very strongly statistically significant links between phone and social media use and mental health. And also she found a huge rise in mental health problems in teens between 2010 and 2015. Adolescents' depressive symptoms, suicide-related outcomes, and suicide rates increased between 2010 and 2015, especially among females. Adolescents mm-hmm. who spent more time on new media, including social media and electronic devices such as smartphones, were more likely to report mental health issues. Adolescents who spent more time on non-screen activities, in-person social interaction, sports exercise, homework, print media, and attending religious services were less likely. Um, now, there's a there's a immediate – when I see that sort of thing, there is an immediate – confounders Uh, yeah well correlation causation issue isn't there Mm. or like a reverse reverse causation you could say issue yeah in that maybe if you're having you know if you have if you have mental health issues if you're suffering from distress or whatever it is Mm. uh that means you're more likely to stay inside and look at your electronic devices and less likely to go outside and attend a religious service or um go to yeah go to uh, take part in sports yeah. Do sports or exercise? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that isn't one of the sort of sim- the key symptoms of depression, an unwillingness to go out and be active? Um, that's a, a very common symptom. It's one isn't of the things. Yeah, and yeah. and also like um, not enjoying things that you used to enjoy. So if if yeah. you used to if you used to uh, do lots of sport and stuff, and then you stop doing it, then that that anhedonia, I believe, is is yeah. what it's called, is a major symptom. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think this is you have to be incredibly careful about all of this stuff because person if you if you observe that a person is spending more time indoors and not seeing their friends and also spending more time on their phone you could draw the causal arrow of from going person spending time on their phone therefore spending less time with their friends and not going out and playing sport or whatever and staying at home or you could say someone staying at home more because they're sad and therefore also yeah. spending more time on their phone and not doing they, they it could go either way or some third factor causing both you know you this is the whole yes. point we're making is that you've got to be so careful with claiming causal activity, claiming causal things. I, I have to say, I, I don't, it's a, it's a horrible thing to say, but I don't on the whole trust Jean Twenge's work. I don't like, I don't think she's a good example of a psychologist who does the most careful work. I, that, that sounds yeah. like really, I like, I, 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 I hate saying it out as boldly as that, but I never have, but she's got, you know, <laughs> no, she's, I, I agree. I think um, not accusing her of any like, misconduct or anything like that but but no. just that that i think she has a strong conclusion before she goes into the data uh, that she's looking for um and uh i think she hasn't been careful with drawing large con- large you know strong conclusions from yeah rather weak data like in terms of how much you can st- draw causal arrows from the data that she's got yeah and and, and also um uh, but it is also important to say that she has improved some of the methods recently and she's been doing better 
studies in response to some of the critics, although we will come back to whether they actually do answer the critics. Uh, yeah, later absolutely. On. Absolutely. It's just one of those things, like we talked about so much on this podcast, statistics are tricksy beasts. And Indeed. if you're not really careful with them, you can find anything you like. You know, the whole, the, the, you know, the lies damned lies and statistics thing there's you know there's a brilliant counter argument to that which is it's easy to lie with statistics but it is even easier to lie without them yes so it's the statistics are brilliant yep. if you're being careful with them and they, are, they can show you but if you're not careful you can get you can just make mistakes that make you that let you find the things you think you want that you want to find and i i worry that is a lot of what she did but but i should also say it's not just twangy and a lot of people who i do have a lot of respect for um so names like FT, the Financial Times is John Byrne Murdoch, who's a super smart and interesting guy. Great um, guy, great guy. Yeah, uh, Matt Iglesias and Noah Smith, a couple of really like smart like bloggers, and um, yeah, Derek Thompson at the Atlantic. Uh, th- yeah. th- these are all people who have talked about, you know, have said like, is it the phones? Yes, we think it might be the phones. Like they've looked at these kind of graphs of mental mm. health uh, problems increasing and so on, and, and I think to, to varying extents they've said. We're not 100 percent certain. We're not 100 percent certain. Maybe some of them are more certain than others, but they 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 have all been very sympathetic to the the. Sort yeah, of I think Noah Smith's thing was like, "It's probably the phones." Was his thing? Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I just cut, I cut you right off there, Stuart. I do apologise. No, that's fine. Yeah, we need to um, not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Svetlana Someone's... in the comments, yes, said uh, rightly that we talk over each other too much. It's quite hard not to because we can't because we're obviously not in the same room. We're not in the same room. But, Is that yeah. obvious? I guess it's I obvious. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it is true that we're not in the same room. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so moving on. Um, the question that, you know, so yeah, J- J- John Byrne Murdoch and the FT said last year that the smartphones are destroying young people's mental health. So this is obviously... Last, a- last, year, there was a, last year, there was a big thing where John Haidt wrote an article that, that like said, stop saying it's just a correlation. We know it's a cause now. Hmm. And then several other bloggers, including John Byrne Murdoch and, uh, and, pe- and people like that. I say bloggers. I don't know if that's, I don't mean that in a derogatory term. Bloggers and no. writers, you know, um, yep. said, yeah, we now think this is likely to be causal or certainly wrote as if they thought that. Um, so last year, I think there was an attempt to make it a much stronger argument than uh, it had previously uh, it previously been. Yeah. But I suppose the question is, okay, so it feels like we said earlier, there, there are two big claims in this i think if you can divide it down quite neatly into two big claims and one is there is a mental health crisis and two that mental health crisis is caused by phones so start yes. with the first bit why do they think there is a big mental health crisis and it is it is definitely true that in the us at least di- if the diagnoses of depression and and mental health conditions have gone up it is just true that there are more people who have been diagnosed or with who you know who who self report that they have I was about to use the word claim there which isn't which is a bit sort of judgy which isn't right but you know so <laughs> yeah. it's, you yeah. know yeah. it's a word i, I hate a good yeah word. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah. you report having so uh um for in a gallup poll the ever diagnosed with depression rate went up from 19.6% in 2015 to 29% in 2023 um american journal of preventative medicine a paper from last year said last year a depression diagnosed in the last year went up from seven percent in 2015 to nine percent in 2020 one thing that we all had smartphones in 2015 and social media but you know anyway that's, that's maybe, maybe we had them more of them you know yeah i guess that's that kind of has to be the conclusion or we became 
became more affected by them in some way. Yeah. They, they, they. Um, I, I actually guess the Steel Man might be that they developed the algorithms such that they became even more addictive and more. Uh, they're yeah. affecting you or they, in, or they in, just, in a yeah, way. People, they, yeah, they, or they just they become people's lives. They're just more and imbe- more and more embedded in people's lives. Yeah. And but yeah, yeah, there's you know there's, there's ways it could be easily true. I shouldn't be go to that's a, that's a glib skepticism that um 2009 2019 according to a national survey on drug use and health looking at 167,000 adolescents between 12 and 17 prevalence roughly doubled in u.s adolescents um in girls it it also doubled but it started from a higher base so ended up even higher the thing is though we've talked about this for a long time in other areas i think like you can't just i talked about in crime related to crime i think you know you can't just take crime statistics uh you know like how many arrests there are or how many reports to the you know, how many police report reported crimes there are as indicative of um the underlying trends because you know how police report and you know Detroit changes in law how police report crimes people might the police might be more rightly more willing to take pay attention to claims about domestic abuse or anything like that and so so yes. the number of domestic abuse cases go up but that's a that's a good thing in some sense, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And for the same reason, you can't take depression diagnosis as indicative of a real underlying trend because diagnostic criteria in society's attitudes change. Like, you know, there's just, just less stigma nowadays and more support. Yeah. I mean... Um, but the one thing in uh, crime statistics yeah. that people really think is is very, you know, you, you people do take seriously and is really high quality evidence is... Mm. Uh, murder rates right so that's true murder rates because there is a body there and uh generally bodies are found and so you can count the number of homicides yeah. and um so actually suicides is a, is a is a statistic that we could look at uh as the kind of equivalent of homicides but for the mental health uh um question and yeah. uh, it is the case that suicides are up as well right Yes, in in the states, in the in the USA, you are right. Suicide Ooh. rates um, between 2007 and 2021, between the age of 10 and 24, were up 62 percent from 2007 to 2021. Um, hmm. Those those of us who like drawing vertical lines on graphs could point out that 2007 was the year the iPhone was introduced. Um, <sighs> exactly, don't culprit, caught uh, red-handed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, 2022 was the highest suicide numbers of all ages in US recorded history. Obviously, there are also more Americans than there have been in US recorded history, but they, they declined for a long time. I think it ended up saying like the rate of the you know, rate was the highest since the Second World War or something like that. Right. Um, and the that the CDC suicide data statistics shows shows a similar story and the percentage highest the percentage increase is highest among young women. I have to admit, I, I was trying to work out the CDC's Government, the CDC website is really not helpful. I'm used to the wonderful Office for National Statistics in the UK. The UK everything ones, just yeah, walk, yeah. It's brilliant. It, it just walks you through everything. Websites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was no such easy... So I couldn't work out the percentage increase among women, but apparently it's highest among young women. The impression I got from the news articles, it's roughly doubled in the last 20 years. So that sounds like the the sort of the mental health crisis point has been proved but i don't yeah, think it looks well, like it's in the data yeah i think so but then so so are they right about this is there still a mental health crisis among teen girls and i'm i'm still skeptical um i mean firstly because we have been talking so much about teen girls and that all of this the chatter is about 
you know, t- it's teen girls comparing themselves to other teen girls on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, these by the way, things. we shouldn't just we shouldn't just overlook that. That's the that's the the mechanism, right? The mechanism that is, is the, that. the most commonly suggested mechanism. Yeah, yeah. and Jonathan Haidt talks about this. Like, mm. they're it's Instagram in particular. They're comparing themselves. They're feeling inadequate compared to their peers, and that causes yeah. them to you know sort of degenerate in their mental health uh, towards self harm, suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's worth noting. So I, I should say, I prefer, when, I, when I was researching this into this uh, this podcast episode, I um, I spoke to a couple of uh, psychologists. Um, so that's Andy Shabilsky, Andrew Shabilsky, who's uh, um, at the Oxford Internet, uh, Internet Institute, and Chris Ferguson, who is um, he's at Stetson University in Florida, so yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, he's written loads of stuff on media effects. Uh, generally, been quite skeptical of uh, effects of media on people's behaviour, and that includes violent video games, pornography, and uh, phones and social yeah. media. So these are yeah, these are people who really... have generally been quite skeptical of the height uh, twangy. Uh, yeah it's true position in the past yeah. and and yeah they're, they're they're both people who've done a lot of research in this area but yes i mean that's that's worth noting like i they're people i know well enough to call up and they're both people who are skeptical so like you it's worth flagging you know, these, these are the people i'm calling so if i'd called different people i'd have had different things so just you know <laughs> it's what you know that that's 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 Fair enough, yeah. yeah yeah i think I, I don't know i always feel like that's a sort of thing worth saying you know but anyway they both pointed out that we're talking about we're always talking about teen girls but firstly Teen girls have the lowest suicidality of any group. Uh, like suicide pretty much goes up with age, not uniformly. There's a bit of a dip in midlife sometimes, but anyway, um, uh, or, or later life. But then um, uh, males are, but generally speaking, young people kill, kill themselves much much less than older people, and men are much more likely to kill themselves than women are. Um, right. So, I mean, that doesn't uh, necessarily speak against. Uh, it doesn't any social media effects. It doesn't. It doesn't. But uh, what the so, uh, just to give you a sense of what what the difference is. So, like CDC says in twenty twenty two, there were forty thousand male deaths from suicide compared to ten thousand females, and um, fifteen point two per hundred thousand among fifteen to twenty four year olds, which was the lowest of any age group. Although it wasn't quite as stark a difference. So, so just to start mm. out, we have got young women at the lowest risk, yeah. and in the US at least. The risk has risen for all age groups. So Chris Ferguson said um, suicides have increased across the US and every demographic gets worse across the lifespan. But generally, the older you get, the more suicide you get. And with the increase, the more increase you get. So there's so so um, so like the fact that you, a, a small increase from, from a low base looks big. You know what I mean? So um, mm. if uh, these are made up numbers, but um, like if if the if the suicides in middle age white men go up from a hundred hundred in a hundred thousand to one hundred twenty in a hundred thousand, compared to suicides going up from three in a hundred thousand to six in a hundred thousand among fifteen to twenty four year old women, it looks like middle aged white men are only going up. There's only a twenty percent, you know, only a twenty percent increase, a mere twenty percent increase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas it's a hundred percent increase in fifteen to twenty four year old women. So you can, but in terms of the actual number of dead, it's six times bigger. Um, yeah. So I, this is this debate comes up all the time uh, hmm. about you know whether you should use relative or absolute numbers. Hmm. I mean, you should um, use both. That's what you should use. Yeah, yeah I think just yeah. providing all the context is good. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's, it's relative increases so easy to make. Um, small increases look you know sm- small absolute numbers look really scary. So your your risk of cancer yes. if you eat too many 
I don't know, hazelnuts or something goes up, you know, some particular cancer goes up, but it goes up 200%. Yeah. But if it goes up from one in a million to two in a million to three in a million, whatever, you don't care. Yes. Like, yeah, yes, absolutely. It's not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so absolutely. that's <laughs> no, no uh, very clever. Yeah, yeah. There. yeah. So, so, so I think like whatever is causing this increase in teen girls, we have to sort of be aware that suicides are going up across the group in the States. So if we're saying mm-hmm. it's social media and Instagram, and whatever, then we have to explain why it's going up in more in greater absolute numbers in middle-aged men, um, who are you know middle-aged white men are the, the middle-aged white men and um, Native American men are the two highest risk groups of suicide in the They've US. They've got phones. They've all got phones, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. And so is is that is yeah they have got phones, but are we you know it's it makes the it's the the it's just the um the teen girls thing a little bit harder to 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 go right the, yeah, um, and the specific mechanism about social comparison of all your selfies across instagram is probably less relevant to those other yeah groups. exactly so i mean i i'm not it, it doesn't rule anything out it just to be if you want to have a parsimonious explanation you you want you don't want it, it just it makes it clunkier and messier if you're saying oh yes they're going up in among teen girls because of instagram they're going up among adult white males because of deaths of despair and loss of fentanyl, hollowing out of yeah. the yeah fentanyl yeah. fentanyl had the loss of the working class um i mean that, know, that, that that could that could be true it could be true it could be true yeah. it's just that that you know you have to start you're adding, adding extra terms to your equation it's just it's not not it's not ruling in you know i'm not ruling anything out the yeah. um uh there's this interesting mbe uh national bureau of economic research i think nbe our paper yes. from 2023 which pointed out that a lot of the increase could be down to reporting changes. It's always worth being like, so, wow. yeah, for example, there's, um, in 2013. So, so wait a minute, wait a minute. This is even for suicide where, there's, where there is presumably a person's dead body. Yes. So in wow. the Inter- International Classification of Disease, the ICD-9. Um, yes. Yeah. So up until in the ICD-9, a clinician had to enter two different codes to indicate. Um, we should say, by the way, that the ICD is like a big long list of diseases which doctors can use to classify what their mm. patient has and is often referred to on death certificates and things like that and every so often they update it there was the icd-9 and now there's the icd-10 yeah um and so what you're saying is that there's been differences in the definitions used in those kind of uh what what, what would you call them like a manual yeah exactly in your in your hospital report on someone being injured or killed um you have to do you have to fit you have to write in codes explaining what the core what the um yeah you used to be you had to record two codes one to indicate what the type of injury was um right. and the other one was the indicating its its cause its external cause um and quite often people didn't put in the so you could you you couldn't didn't clinicians didn't put in the cause one so hmm. you wouldn't it wouldn't tell you if the harm was intentionally inflicted or not so you so it used to be that you could write just drug overdose rather than intentional drug overdose or unintentional. You know, you could write drug overdose and then you could write intentional or unintentional as a separate code. And quite often people didn't bother with that second bit. In the ICD-10, there's only one code and it's intentional or unintentional. You know, so you you haven't got the option anymore of saying just drug overdose. So so suddenly intentional drug overdose becomes, that you could see how that could push the numbers up. So lots Um, of things that used to be suicides uh uh were not being recorded as such yeah uh lots of deaths well plausibly weren't plausibly weren't i think is fair to say um right and now they would be recorded uh exactly that way Uh, yeah and thus Um, it looks like there's more of them than there were okay yeah and they also says that 
there's less stigma about mental health. So, and this is something else that, that people have said when I spoke to them about it is that out of sort of pity to the family, you didn't really want to record a, a death as a suicide so much right, so and, right. the, and, the, and, and nowadays in some way exactly yeah. and, and just sort of but whereas now that's less there's less stigma i i don't know how much of a difference this makes it's just an like an interesting way in which these numbers might not be as clear-cut as all that all of which is to say that when you see the line going up on these graphs uh you have to take a step back and, and, and say, are we comparing every year that we collect these data? Are we comparing like with like? And at some point when they changed from the ICD-10, sorry, from the ICD-9 to the ICD-10, uh, we may not have been comparing exactly like for like. So it, yeah. it should be said that that same paper that makes that very valid point does mm. also say that suicide rates are, quote, alarmingly high. Um, mm. But it says, but they may, quote, may not have risen as sharply as reported uh, quote may not have risen as sharply as reported rates suggest so uh, they, they are saying there might still be an issue here it's just that that's something to bear in mind and so I, I think yeah I think that's something you should always think about yeah whenever you're looking at a trend or comparing one thing uh, to, to, to another um, especially across uh, you know across time yeah, so I don't think that's. I'm not suggesting for a second that that's hold the whole theory below the waterline. It's just here is an an alternative explanation in the US for these for this growth in suicides. I mean, it's also interestingly that NBER paper notes that like phone everyone's got phones in the US at roughly the same time. You'd expect a fairly uniform rise, but like in New Jersey, in New Jersey, for instance, there's no particular change in youth suicides, and maybe you know mm. local factors are really relevant to you know changes at local economic changes local i don't know legislative changes could be really important as well but i think the bit that really makes me more skeptical as we have you might have noticed we've only been talking about the us mm. now the other thing you might have noticed is that some countries other than the us have also got smartphones um for instance <laughs> ah. most of them um like the, the, you know, like everywhere in the developed world really has uh, it, it's surely got a pretty much one to one smartphone to population ratio by this stage. You know, not, it's certainly not far off. You know, there's, yeah, yeah. Um, so even if there is a mental health crisis in the US, which you know I could easily be convinced about, and both um, Andy Shabilsky and Chris Ferguson said that the increase is probably real in suicides, even if it's not just in teen girls, like the argument. So it seems to say, surely we'd expect to see it in every other country as well, or every, you know, or it would certainly would be, that would be support for the hypothesis. Mm. And do we? And well, yeah, <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really, uh, not really, seems, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you look mm. at Europe uh, mm. as a whole, and, and Jonathan Haidt mentions Nordic countries in his uh, Spectator interview, but um, uh, suicide rates have actually been dropping in Sweden for a very long time, decades. Mm including in women but uh admittedly if you just look in the analysis only at 15 to 24 year old girls uh it has actually stayed pretty flat but that's not a massive that's not an increase that's just yeah. stayed pretty flat uh, exactly and it stayed at like six in a hundred thousand which is again the lowest yeah. rate of any any demographic group um by yeah. a considerable distance yeah um yeah. and then and then in in, in denmark like it looks pretty much flat as well. Um, so, you know, we're still sticking with Nordic countries. Um, mm. f you know, there might be a little bit of an uptick in older men in more recent years. 
mm. we can post these graphs in the uh, show notes. In show of notes, yeah. But it really, it really doesn't look like a massive. Um, there's a, there isn't this uptick, this hockey stick no. uptick, like there is in the the claimed in, in the US. Yeah, and and if yeah, like the number of people killing themselves uh, of, of all sexes and and um, ages in Denmark is lower in 2019 than it was in well, it's in like 1995. But the it stayed pretty flat among teen girls, but uh, younger girls. But that is again because it's already low at three and a hundred thousand. It can't really go down very far from there norway norway suicide yeah norway suicide has been declining since 1990 again much more prevalent in men than in women and in older people haven't really got a trend the breakdown of the trends at different ages there might be more going on but generally speaking suicides are down in the uk again suicides going down for decades i mean the, again, news, the, by the way, yeah, it is. Of course, it's, of course, I, I like to see this graph. That again, we'll post this graph from the Office of National Statistics, National Statistics in yeah. the show notes, uh, and it's kind of a heat map of ages and years, and like which age groups in which years had the highest suicide rates. And um, I mean, the highest suicide rate for, for for a long time, the highest suicide rates, you know, for, in the eighties were in the oldest people. Hmm. Uh, 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 and that seems to have kind of dropped off. We don't seem to see such high suicide rates in, in older people anymore. I wonder if that's because people are healthier, a bit healthier now than they yeah. used to be. We can speculate forever at these kind of things. But hmm. um, it certainly doesn't look like things are getting worse. In fact, it looks like things are getting are getting generally better across the board, across, right? Across the, all, the age groups. I mean, the only thing is, again, in the, ver- in the 15s and 19s, they're so low. It's basically wobbled around five and 100,000 for since the early since the 80s since early the early 80s yeah. in for a while in the 2000 around 2010 it dropped to about three uh and then is currently back up to sort of five or six where it was before it's just sort of wobbled mm. around i mean yeah. if you could if you take your starting point as 2010 then yeah it looks bad but then you're you're cherry picking the the lowest date you know you have to then explain why it went down so much until 2000 i don't know it just feels like when you're that low you can explain a lot with random variants you know right exactly um, things are just kind of moving around in the way that small numbers do it should be said of course all of these numbers like um, every single one of these is a horrible tragedy of course but you know it it still is um bears repeating that small numbers if you get if you get even a bit of change it looks like a it looks like a dramatic change you know if you've Mm. got two things happening and then four of them happen the next year uh that's a you know it's a hundred percent increase but actually it's not actually that much of a uh, an increase so when things are so low and they're just kind of bouncing around you have to be again we have to be very careful with how you interpret those those numbers they're kind of bouncing around this single absolutely uh, yeah and and it's not that we can rule out causality with any of this stuff there's you know we're doing the same thing of like look this number's going down there go you know but it just doesn't scream huge ongoing crisis to me like i think that that's that's the thing that i really want to stress is that this claim the claim isn't that there might be some negative impacts if you know on the margin or whatever the claim is that it's uh, you know this is a huge ongoing mental health crisis right right it's the hockey stick it's the exactly the worst mental health yeah, it's not. It, it's the hockey stick again, like like uh, the the famous climate change graph, the hockey stick graph, mm. where you know things are going along for a while, or maybe up slightly, and then suddenly there's a huge up, uptick, and that's the yeah. data that you'd expect to see in a world where you know the world's going along, ticking along normally, and then you inject phones and social media in, and then suddenly everything goes terribly wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, just to remember, just to go back to the language from the iGen or the have, the have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation article in the Atlantic, the Gene Twenge thing, iGen, as, iGen are on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades. Um, mm-hmm. She said, yeah, so it's not an exaggeration to describe iGen as being on the brink of, she said. And it, like that just says to me something more than an ambiguous increase uh, in in US data, but no real change, you know, or the decline in suicides in the other countries mentioned, and then uh, maybe staying steady, le- staying level among teeny girls in particular. I mean, both the guys I spoke to, Andy and Andy Shabilsky and Chris Ferguson, both said there probably was a real suicide in the US. They felt that was the most likely outcome, but they felt it was much less clear in other countries. And mm. well, Andy, they both made this. Like, Andy in particular made this point that there's a crisis. Uh, which is it's a mental health measurement crisis, and we just don't know what's going on. And with men, you know, with mental health more broadly, as opposed to suicide yeah. and the rest of the world, we've got good in inverted commas data for maybe ten percent of the world. I mean, like if if you, but we don't know what's going on with teen girls in Poland or God, let alone pa- Pakistan. You know, we, we right, there's yeah. we use the um, IHME. What does IHME stand for again? Um, uh, Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, or, or something. Yeah, like that, I think. Yeah. Um, so we we uh, we use that for um to 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 draw these you know, correlations and uh, statements about uh, about what the um uh about mental health in these different countries but um the global burden of disease data but it's it's really unreliable because there just isn't that much data being gathered from anywhere and people are extrapolating from one country to the next door country because that's the best they can do it's just it's just not very good so like i i am yeah. unconvinced that the claims that there is a big mental health crisis in teen teens today is real um again because you have to either use it you have to explain why it's happening in american middle-aged men as well but not in teen girls in the uk or in norway or anything like that I, i i'm i'm very confused by it you know yeah The Studies Show is sponsored by Works in Progress. And uh, today we're going to talk about an article on their substack, Notes in Progress, which is at worksinprogress.news. And it's called An Environmentalist Gets Lunch by... Um, but that, Tom, that's an article that was written years ago. Why are we talking about that particular article? Because things can be good and old at the same time, Stuart. But also um, <laughs> cause <laughs> yes, it's by, yeah, yeah, because it's by Hannah Ritchie, um, friend ah, yes. of the pod, although I don't, she doesn't... If she uh, doesn't know, don't know if she knows that, but she is. She is a friend of the pod, and um, and no relation of mine. By no, exactly. Yeah, um, just lots of people called that in Scotland. Yeah, she uh, she works for our world in data, the splendid. Yes, yeah. and it's the and it's the most popular article on the Works in Progress uh, newsletter Substack. Um, uh, you can see that it's in there, the, the top of their top articles. Hmm. It's called "An Environmentalist Gets Lunch," and it's about how our in, our intuitions about what food is the most environmentally friendly uh can actually be very wrong yeah um, yeah because she's very much she's an environmental scientist and she does loads of um uh loads of look, looking at the data behind you know of sort of the different things that put impact our carbon footprint and so on yeah. and what the thing that really stuck with me from this which i've is that food miles people worry so much about food miles and how you know shipping like avocados from i don't know mexico or you know kale from whatever from kenya or whatever it is you know strawberries from Uh, kenya and thing saying that you should eat locally and it's ridiculous that this can of food was you know picked in one country and then flown around the world and canned and then flown around here and Mm. bought Uh, whereas actually it'd be much better if you ate 
stuff that's grown yeah two miles away yeah exactly a few miles down the road but what what, she's saying that's wrong yeah Yeah, what she's what she's saying is that basically almost nothing it is flown around the world almost everything is shipped in refrigerated um container ships which are while in absolute terms that you know each one actually does emit quite a lot of carbon for for a ship compared to like a car but for the hundreds of thousands of tons of stuff that they carry that you know for each can of beans or whatever that they carry the impact of the is is basically negligible and far mm. more of the impact of uh, you know the carbon impact of those um things is in the growing process and uh, fertilization of you know nitrogen fertilizer in the soil and all that sort of stuff and if you're growing in cold countries you need warm you need to warm the the things up if you want or you need to grow them in greenhouses and under lights and all that sort of stuff whereas if right, you're growing right. in kenya where it's hot or anger then it's much easier and lower carbon and actually the, the balance works out the other way it's the other and you have to be very careful at looking at what where the impact of food miles that's is not and always said, obvious no not always obvious uh, yeah and that's the point of this article uh, um and uh it's a, it's a really it's a really great one and uh no wonder it was so it was so uh popular and uh yeah we should say that hannah ritchie also has uh, a new book that's i think in the bestseller chart in the uk right now called mm. it's not the end of the world uh, uh, about how climate change uh, is is still something that we can do something about. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but the point of bringing this up was not to plug Hannah's book, which we're not we being have paid not for, done. but we yeah. are being paid to plug yeah. <laughs> Works in Progress, uh, a wonderful magazine full of great writing on technology, science, and human progress. And we're very grateful yes. that they support us. They're at worksinprogress.co or for their substack, worksinprogress.news. So thank you very much to them. And now back to the show. Okay, so I, I suppose like we let's just sort of put a pin in that and say, okay, but let, let's just sort of take it as stipulated that there is this crisis. Or, or I suppose we could say maybe maybe we don't know there's a huge societal disaster, but we you know, we could say that lots of things and other things in society are changing, but the, and the bad effects of, of phones are somewhat masked by that in the broad trends, but that phones are still having bad effects in a large number of individuals that that's still perfectly plausible from the story we've told so far um but again i I, i'm just really skeptical and i mean that's because like a a very you know the twenge twenge own um 2017 paper that kicked all this off it found positive correlations between mental health and phone use or uh, between mental uh, mental illness rather i should say and phone mm-hmm. use but they would suicide as well yeah suicide as well but they would they were they're, they're really they're actually quite small when amy amy Auburn, who's um at cambridge now i think she's a fantastic researcher really done loads of stuff and work on this with andy shabilsky and she yeah. took the same data set that twenge had used and found looking through it, i'll put her amazing medium paper medium blog post in the in the show notes um more, to be more accurate, Stuart will because he does all he does all that. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, uh, she looked at the same at the data from the same data set and found, firstly, that these correlations were only in girls and only explained zero point three six percent of the variance in mental health. You know, like which is just it's just tri- it's trivial. It's, it's swamped by noise yeah. and not enough to cause any to see there's a real correlation at all beyond researcher effects and things really um chris ferguson did a meta-analysis in 2021 and found that um and this is such a such a sort of bugbear of ours or such a repeated comment of ours studies which used appropriate control variables found far smaller correlations than those which didn't um which as we always say that suggests 
it certainly it undermines one's confidence in a in effect if when you if it, a lot of it goes away when you start controlling for relevant things yeah. um and also he also found that social media use explained less than one percent of the variance in mental health and suicide outcomes um and there's this i mean andy shabilsky and amy alban did this very famous paper uh 20 is this oh, the potato one um it, it is yes um <laughs> You'll see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I talk about the potatoes, um, uh, and it did this. It did this. You know, we're, we're it did this really fun and clever thing. So you know, we're always worrying on here about if you're regular listeners, you'll hear us going on about p hacking and post hoc analysis and hypothesizing after results and which basically taking your data, chopping it up in loads of different ways until you find some correlation. And then saying, "Look, I found a correlation. It's yeah. statistically running significant." Running the analysis, running the analysis over and over and over again, and then just picking the one that works and pub- publishing yeah, that. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Whereas Which, in this in this case, they ran every possible analysis. Yeah, pretty much. Well, well, they ran. They they did that. They did that deliberately. So it had these big three three big survey data sets with hundreds of thousands of people, in which people they'd all been asked loads of ding loads of questions, including, you know. Uh, various mental health and tech use measures about like how often do you play video games or how many hours a day do you spend on social media you know rate your mm. happiness on a scale of one to ten how often do you feel depressed whatever you know millions and there were dozens of measures and therefore as it turned there were literally trillions of ways uh, <laughs> that you could analyze this data so actually yeah. i didn't do all of them all of the possible ones because it, it was something like if you could had a computer that could do a thousand um uh regressions a second um it would take them hundreds, you know, hundreds of years. Yes. But anyway, you'd have to uh, steal some of the uh, computers that they're using to train the big AI models now. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and is, would it be worth? Would it be worthwhile doing that? I don't. I think um, possibly there'd be more useful things to do. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so. This is yeah, specification curve analysis or multiverse analysis. This is known as, and you mm. just do them all, and then you say like, in what proportion of cases do you find this result, that result? Um, and and uh, it, it just exposes everything to the world. And, and instead mm. of, um, you know, like registering one hypothesis and sticking to that, you get more information because you're able to say, well, um, if we had done it this way, we would have actually found something completely different. And um, only one or two uh, of, of, the, of the particular pathways actually lead to a statistically significant result. And so maybe I was kind of fooling myself. And actually, if I had just in a slightly different universe uh, mm. had come to this analysis and not put that control variable in or done the analysis in this particular way, uh, I wouldn't be publishing a positive paper. I would be writing up null results. Yeah. And so yeah. They, they did this for, uh, um, I think, three different data sets uh, mm. with, with mental health and, and tech measures in them. Yeah, 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 and they and they, and they took hundreds of ways people have been. Pre- they, they, basically, loads of people have already done the, this these analyses before, like you know Twenge, but millions millions of other people have already done loads of um, studies on things like this. So, yes, Shabilsky and Auburn took all the ways that people have previously analysed the data, um, plus several thousand randomly selected other possible combinations from the trillions of other of possible combinations, yeah. um, and they looked at the sort of the average correlation. Between you know between the tech use measures and their mental health well being measures, um, and it did fi- it did find a statistically significant negative correlation between how often you use digital tech and mental well being. Yeah, but that correlation but... only explodes. Yes, yeah. This is this is worth noting. That correlation only explained at most zero point four percent of the variance in in overall well being. So like um, at most of the yeah at most it depends on which which the, in one of the survey data sets it was not point one um mm. so uh 
but so they they sort they the survey data sets this is this this is the fun bit this is the the bit the explains Stuart's potato comment um the survey data set also included other questions like have you eaten potatoes in the last seven days or do you wear glasses and it turns out that those factors had basically the same impact on your well-being which as in were just as likely to be correlated correlated just as well with how happy you were as tech use did so i think um uh, wearing, wearing glasses were actually slightly more strongly correlated with being unhappy and potatoes was very slightly less but you know it's the same it's the same sort of ballpark is that because you get called a specky four eyes or something like that i wouldn't know obviously (laughs) but yeah i I think it probably possibly you know very seriously possibly right or or maybe it's just noise and you know yeah um god knows why potatoes well the potato one seems much more likely to be noise yeah Yeah, exactly yeah you know people there's maybe there's just it just means that people who wear glasses are in some sense like systematically different from people who don't and people who well, yes are, um, it is a cor- it is a correlational measure as well it's not like it's yeah. the, this is results of an experiment or something yeah yeah it's not suggesting that it's causal like it's no and and the impact of technology was completely swamped by factors like sleep and bullying and drug use and things that we can can much more plausibly draw this line of um you know it's causal mm-hmm. you know, i can see how being bullied at school not getting enough sleep being you know um having having a drug habit could cause me to be less happy and very and you could you could clearly see a um a path to a, to a negative mental uh, mental well-being there i mean the bullying impact was something like four or five times the size of that of digital tech uh you know it's just we right. but we right. don't we don't we 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 just don't worry about these things that are the same, have the correlation this side we don't worry about the like the, the epidemic of potato sadness or you know we don't or like of <laughs> of glasses you know worry about the suicide risk for glasses wearers or anything like that it's just it, it isn't something we worry about at all i don't think um yeah i don't know. yeah but, i mean but, but, uh, like many things uh you know glasses and potatoes have been around for a very long time but like many things social media is new and so hmm. it's kind of a if there has been this change then what's this new thing i mean it, it you must admit it's sort of um it seems you know coincidental or 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 the 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 it, it um at, fir- at first glance it would seem like a good candidate you know to explain yeah. it but then when you look at these kind of studies it seems like actually the uh correlations that you can find are really small and if and if you can only find a small correlation then that does outside of you know measurement error and all the other sort of problems that you can have so like all else held equal that does constrain what the causal effect can be right like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it can't it, it can't be it, that big a disaster if the, if the if it's not showing up in the in the yeah. In there's the no correlation between what you what you think is causing the bad thing and the bad thing itself. Then hmm. uh, yeah, it does kind of imply that um, maybe it's not the you, you know maybe it's not the biggest effect. Yeah, I mean, I, I should say for the record that Height and Twenge are were unimpressed by. And there's been this big back and forth between Height and Twenge, and, and uh, I think they Shindelsky got sick of hearing the potato comment i think they like they mentioned that oh haha you're making fun of the fact that we're making these you know you're making fun of our arguments by talking about potatoes but actually it's really serious and here's here's why you got that wrong yeah but so they did their own specification specification curve analysis and found that and i'm quoting from friend of the pod pete etchell's upcoming book unlocked um which is on screen screens and social media and how you know what their what their impact is and that this he's he's he cites heightened twenge is saying for girls electronic device use had a stronger link with poor mental health than among other things obesity having sex before the age of 13 or using injectable drugs 
Um, Using injectable and, drugs. That's quite a thing. Yeah, Pete, as Pete, the, the, the next line is in Pete's book is, if you're looking at the results from a statistical analysis and those results tell you that screens are worse for you than heroin, then either we've got the debate around screen time very wrong or I would gently suggest that you've balked your analysis. Um, and I think <laughs> he thinks the latter and I think I agree with him. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heroin's quite bad, I believe. I mean, I, I, I've never tried it, but I, I no. believe it's, it can be quite bad to get involved. I've seen train spotting. Um, and they seem like they're a little bit worse off in that film than people who use Instagram phones yeah exactly yeah yeah. so um so the what hyping twenge had apparently done was they'd sort of done the exact thing that that the multiverse analysis thing was warning against they they picked a set of analyses that they knew they had previously knew found strong correlations and limited the specification curve analysis to that which Mm. feels very close to harking to me to to like to p-hacking i would i'd you know, Harking it's t- being hypothesizing yeah. after the results are known, H-A-R-K. Yeah, um, yeah. Pete's, wait, Pete was much more polite than me. He said it's just that this study adds noise to an already noisy field. But I, yeah, I, I just think yeah. it actually sounds kind of like cherry-picking to me. I, I, yeah, I, again, we're I, not accusing them of doing anything. No, like, it's just, you know, but just d- deliberately faultless, wrong. It's just yeah, that there might be some careless analysis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Anyway... Um, I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm just going to keep talking anyway. Um, more recently, he, uh, yeah, so there's a um, Shabilsky and had a, and a, a researcher called Matty Vore at Tilburg University did another more recent, so uh, last year it's in press now, uh, multiverse analysis thing looking at 168 countries um, asking various more questions. And it found, it, it found that mobile internet access and broadband was positively associated with well-being when you look at countries outside the US, which... It just shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, partly because of a, an obvious confounder, which is if you've got mobile internet and broadband, you're probably better off than people around. But that does sort of imply that it, you know that being rich and uh, so on out huge, is hugely more relevant to your well-being than whether or not you've any impacts of social media like this. But also, it makes sense because having internet allows you to do things like I don't know, set up businesses and check commodity prices and do stuff just yeah. and connect to your friends and can you know make phone calls across the cross countries without spending loads of money on so it just it just you can see obvious ways in which it seems obvious to me there are these positive impacts so i, I yeah. don't know that's I think that, that's kind of different though isn't it i mean that's mm. that's i think what height and twenge might say to that is that yeah sure that might be the case but actually we're not really interested in in, in those effects we're interested in the you know the, the, the specific social media effects mm. on the, the specific uh subset of the population particularly young girls so yeah yeah i mean i but i, I think it's it's very important to point these things out of course and it's it's a, mm. it's, a it's a good paper but um uh i you know height and height and, and twenge have made a, a document like a very very long open google doc mm. that anyone can read um with i think a list of every single paper that they can find that's published on these uh on these on these questions and um last year so it will have been updated since then but last year i wrote an article in the i paper uh mm-hmm. uh where i had gone through all of the ones that height claims uh i think height is the main author of the document um and twangy contributed to it i think but yeah. so height and twangy whatever um all of the the articles that that they you know said that might imply causal effects like you know social media or phones or the internet or whatever causes mental health to go down and so there's a few different mm. um 
there's a few different studies, uh, like study designs. And mm. you can look at my article if you want. It's quite long and, 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 and detailed. And I was, I was pleased that I got such a long and detailed article into the, like a national newspaper, yeah. actually, because it's quite, it's quite nerdy. Um, it was great. First it was of all, really good. Yeah. first of all, I pointed out that there's, you know, there's a tendency to do this whole drawing a line on a graph and assuming causality thing, which we've already talked about. There's also a bit of a tendency to do vote counting in this area. Like uh, we've talked about in this in previous issues of the uh, issues in previous episodes of, of the mm. studies show where you say, oh, well, there are eight studies that have a positive uh, result and five studies have a negative result. So we should be leaning towards uh, there being a positive result. It's like, well, well, no, you haven't checked the quality of those studies, the size, the statistics, the design, the robustness, whatever. You know, you haven't just just knowing that there's X number of studies that are positive and X number of studies that are uh, negative um, is not is not helpful. Um so there's a bit of that that goes on as well. Uh, even as I think Height is writing, even as he's saying like you shouldn't do vote counting, he does also do it like several times in the article, which I find which I find very annoying. Um, uh, but also, I think you can dig into these studies, and and they all like have slight issues here and there that I don't think like rule out the hypothesis entirely, but they do mean that we should be a bit more skeptical of it. So. Um, some of the studies, for instance, I think suffer from the problem of multiple comparisons. So all of the results are kind of like just on the borderline of being statistically significant. And when, you know, if you sometimes in studies, they do control for multiple comparisons. And if you do that, the results mainly go away. And you think, well, if the results were really strong and there were really strong effects of social media on uh on negative, you know, mental health traits, then yeah. maybe they would survive that kind of thing. Um, and there's studies of like, there's quite clever studies of um, like when Facebook first uh, appeared at um, universities, universities in the US. Yeah. You know how, remember it was first a Harvard thing, the the Facebook. Mm. Um, and then if you've seen um, the social network, the David Fincher film, then you'll remember that it was just a university thing at first. Um, uh, and then it was... Um, and then it was uh, um, it spread to other universities, and there's kind of cool studies that kind of say, well, as Facebook arrived at universities, did mental health outcomes decline in those universities? Now, of course, this is a different question from smartphones. This is just about social media. And the argument that was being made in these in these papers is, uh, or this particular paper I'm thinking of, is that as Facebook arrived, you know, it had this. People started doing whatever they do on social media comparing themselves to other people, getting into arguments, whatever it is that they do, and their mental health uh, declined. But um, there's some big problems with that. There's an article by uh, Dean Eccles, and that's a different person from Pete Etchells, yes, <laughs> the yes. we mentioned, um, yeah. uh, on the um, stat modeling website, the Andrew Gelman uh, blog, that points out that there's a kind of confounding factor because Facebook arrived at different sets of colleges in the US at different times. And those different sets of colleges are from different demographics, different groups, different mm. ability levels, all that sort of stuff. And if you don't take that into account properly, and it's quite hard to take that into account statistically into your analysis, um, it might mean that the results are actually you know, exaggerated or go off in kind of unpredictable directions. And he explains that very well. We'll put that in the show notes. But just to say that like, there are, um, you know, there are reasons to doubt a lot of even the strong and, you know, often it goes viral on social media. This the evidence you know, using Facebook is really bad for you and all that mm. sort of stuff. Um, there's reasons to doubt a lot of that evidence, even the kind of causal stuff that, that is out there. Yeah. So um, 
I kind of drew the boring conclusion at the end of the article that more research is needed because, you know, you've got this body of confounded correlational studies uh, and we all know what we say about that which is you know oh you need causal studies and then there's a much more small handful of causal studies which have done experiments like the kind of the, the natural experiment of facebook arriving at that at, you know colleges or experiments where people stay off social media for a while each you know each day or whatever it is or, or you know stay off for a week or two and then you see if their mental health improves and things like that i think they're all limited Mm. in various ways and i think we need a lot better evidence before we say we have strong evidence that phones cause a decrement in mental health and though apparently last year that's what everyone decided anyway without this very strong evidence in in, yeah. in my view anyway yeah i mean I, something i wish i'd um i mean maybe we should have talked about is that there was a leak of papers from facebook which showed them all worrying about uh, worrying about these different things and doing these different but the point andy shabilsky made about that at the time was that all the, the problem that these facebook papers were they were ironically just as bad in terms of like drawing causal conclusions from things with just the research with in, internally was just as bad but just no, because they're facebook where. doesn't mean yeah, that doesn't they mean they have magic yeah. statistics that can magic correlation uh, into causation you know yeah, exactly, and it was yeah, it was, it was just it was just exactly the same problem, but then because it was leaked internally, it was people everyone, love that. People yeah. love us. It. it makes them feel like a sort of conspiracy has happened, and oh, they must know the truth because it's leaked internally. Any yeah. organization you work for, you know, there's tons of bullshit internal documents that are mm. a lot of nonsense. You know, yes, we used yeah, to exactly. at at, uh, at X university that I used to work <laughs> at, which you know, there's a couple, so you can. I'm not saying which one. We used to do <laughs> analyses of. Um, of you know student feedback of, of on courses mm. you know um uh, uh and th it would be like five students would have bothered to fill in the questionnaire out of a class of you know mm. maybe a hundred or something and you would go well obviously this isn't representative and obviously this is not what you know we're all academics here we all know how to analyze data and we know that you can't analyze this tiny sample and also it's very unrepresentative. And they would say, well, write it up anyway. You know, yeah. and imagine if the university leaked that and we're like, oh, the university knows that students are hating their courses and blah, 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 blah. No, it's mm. just people just Crap write internal documents yeah. for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember being in my um, first year at university and joining the, uh, like the, um, uh, the sort of student body for the philosophy department entirely because I fancied a girl who was on it. And, um, right. yeah. and uh, yep, exactly. And um, they saying you get feedback from the from the student body. I had literally one bit of feedback, which someone said said to me, which was, "It'd be nice if they had visual aids." Like, how the hell do you do visual aids in a philosophy class? And some and the next <laughs> next lecture we went to, some poor, the like. Uh, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever he was, professor of logic, whatever, he's got a whiteboard mm -hmm. out drawing diagrams on it. So <laughs> just, no one cares. This one person said this to me because I fancy some girl with red hair. Like that's, yeah. that was the whole thing. <laughs> ah, a tragic story. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, ru I ruined philosophy, Liverpool University philosophy department. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, so we've been quite skeptical of both of the prongs of this argument a that there is a, a kind of mental health crisis and b that that mental health crisis is being caused by social media and or smartphones or some combination of the two um yeah. so are we are we completely ruling this out or or are we no, just I being mean, skeptical about it yeah well i i, I don't want to be like it's easy to be really pollyanna about everything as you know like it's obviously fine everything is great but like 
science can't detect everything and there's nothing like it's we're talking about a massively noisy difficult messy environment full of competing things uh, and I, I think like what the real starting point a, a crucial starting point should be that lots of people think that they they report that social media makes them makes them unhappy they report they yeah. that i think you need to that can there can only ever be a starting point and you go from there and you look at so look at data and things but you don't dismiss it. You don't say, "Well, like I, I looked at you know the numbers of suicides in Norway and it's just going down." So actually, you're enjoying Instagram. Actually, you know, it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You know, you can't you can't tell people that their that this their experiences are are not real, even if they're maybe their their claims about wider social things are harder to prove. Um, and I think a lot of this. So I think you firstly you've got to take to take these things seriously, and maybe and if people are finding it really unhappy, and uh, that that's worth taking seriously. But also, a lot of this conversation is just it started out badly and is stupid. Like we 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 treat we talk about social media and screen time and phone use and like like they're one thing, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. just these concepts, like unitary concepts where like screen time, you know, my kids skyping grandma is the same as like doom scrolling through twitter or as watching porn or whatever you know yeah. it is it I mean, it could be that like and i expect it is that for for a subset of people a subset of online activities are really bad for them right that, that they, they actually they get that's obviously going to be true you know yeah and, I, th- I, th- I think that's a that's a very important point to me which is that all these uh discussions are kind of talking about the modal person or at least the modal person who is a young girl right mm. um uh, uh whereas we know that there are individual differences between people they bring different personalities to the table we talked about personality mm. a couple of weeks ago um they bring different life experiences and all sorts of stuff to the table uh and different tendencies and uh they will react to things differently we all know people who uh you know have have had problems with some substance or some sort of you know become slightly addicted to some whatever behavior or seemingly addicted to some behavior whereas someone else does it exactly the same Mm. uh, amount but can can is is absolutely fine with it yeah Um, and does it for fun and that's and that's totally fine whether that's drinking alcohol or playing video games or whatever it is and so there are clearly some people out there who uh this really does apply to um Mm. and it would be useful to know how to help those people but the question is whether it applies to the average person like whether it applies to you know this might affect your children or whatever it is and i i don't know if we have enough evidence at all uh for 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 that Um, no and then you have to ask like do you you know do you tailor policies to uh um to stop the minority of people who might be very badly affected which we do have some policies that that mm. uh, do that i mean lots of lots of crime is about trying to stop a minority of people you know uh, uh doing things so that's that, yeah. you know that's what, that's and what drug they're... laws are arguably about that right like mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. most people probably could smoke weed and be fine um right but a subset yeah. of people will not be and that yeah. and and yeah. so we we built society's laws around looking and to be honest i think that's completely true like i know loads of people including me who smoke weed as teenagers and you know did it for a while and are fine you know maybe did less well at ra levels than we might have done whatever and um <laughs> and permanent and, uh, iq loss in your case yeah so yeah of course yeah, yeah it's been shown repeatedly but the you know and then i've got friends who you know i'm drawing a causal story here but like who went completely off the rails and i i feel 
that was part of the reason that would be my guess in that you know so i think like the same i could easily tell tell a story in which there is some small some small group of people for whom instagram or facebook or whatever are genuinely bad for them um and as with anything like that like if you can only only you can be the one who knows that right if you're if you're having a bad time with it we should we're not telling you that you should look at like mental health statistics in uh you know the uk yeah, again, we're not telling yeah. you that actually you're you, you're not using instagram too much please carry on you know if you, yeah, if exactly. you feel you are then then however i would also say this there are memes right and i think there are memes that spread around people perhaps who use tech a lot more now than they used to in their life or feel like they should mm. be doing other perhaps more you know uh, or less frowned upon things like reading books or going for a yeah. walk or something like that um and you see this in particular you know people who work in silicon valley and so on there's a kind of a uh, um a kind of oh, anti- detox digital detox type yeah, yeah yeah there's an anti-tech thing very much uh, um that's, that's very popular there um and i think um maybe they themselves worry about it and so they kind of extrapolate this oh well it must be having bad effects on lots of other people too i think that might be why there's a kind of a um that that people like jonathan height and uh, Gene Twenge and so on are like pushing it. it's a slightly open door I think there's a general kind of yeah. paradoxical anti-tech sentiment among uh, people so 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 if there is this kind of you know if there is in the air this kind of idea that tech is bad social media is bad if girls go on social media it'll be bad for them and, uh, and so on you could easily see how that could become a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. um yeah, you're using memes there in the in the Richard Dawkins um, things in your mind, like ideas that spread from mind to mind thing sense yes. rather than the not pictures, pictures with text on them on the yeah, internet. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and and there is a hypothesis about you know if you keep it's uh, Lucy Folks, right? Yeah, that if yeah, you yeah. keep telling if you keep telling people teenagers, you know, you're the anxious generation, you've got the highest levels of mental health, you uh, mental health problems, you've got serious issues, you've got a problem, you've got a problem, mm. then maybe they will start to feel uh, uh, that way or um, they'll report it differently. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll look at, at, at things which ordinarily uh, they would have seen as just, you know, transient anxiety or just something perfectly yeah, about, a bad mood for the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then say, well, I better go to the doctor about this. I better report this as a mental health problem. And so, uh, you know, I don't know that for sure, but it, it certainly seems that the general societal discussion about this and everyone's interested in this because everyone uses social media and everyone has a smartphone. So everyone's interested in what the effects uh, uh, of it might be. It's like when you talk about uh, Elon Musk on Twitter, like mm. everyone on Twitter, by definition, is using Twitter. So they're kind of interested in how it works and, and stuff. And that's that's been a kind of real asset for Elon Musk getting loads of attention because there's nothing Twitter likes more than to talk about Twitter. Listen, and yeah. I think there's nothing people who use smartphones uh, like more or are interested in more than, you know, what is this thing doing to me? What is this thing doing to my brain? Uh, 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 and so on. Um, and I think if we keep talking about it and we keep just drumming these conclusions into people's heads that there's this huge mental health crisis and the smartphones are causing it, that might end up being a self-fulfilling prophecy, either in a real sense or in a kind of an artifactual sense where it's reported that way, but actually it doesn't mean the same as it would have meant, you know, a few years ago. You know what, Stuart? I so nearly did it. I I so nearly got through an episode without mentioning Scott Alexander. Could you please mention Scott Alexander? Yeah, but um, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, he, he he's gone on for a while about that. What we need is a mental health unawareness campaign. Like that, actually, <laughs> the, the um, 
the problem is actually not that people are not aware enough of mental health, but it's they're too aware of it. And they're like, they're, so they yeah. interpret <laughs> things that would previously have just been uh, a, a, a momentary bad mood or, you know, a, a low, a, a, a feeling blue, feeling low. And now it is mental health issues, yeah. you know, and I, 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 I like, <laughs> This is going to be very. It could sound very old man shouting at clouds, but that is this whole podcast's motif. So what the hell, you know? Like <laughs> uh, the um, there is a thing now. People will take uh, you know, p- people my age who are now all you know uh, managers at work and so on. And they've been in the in the in the in the workplace for 20, 20 odd years. They're noticing generation before afterwards. Uh, people will say things like well, they're taking taking a mental health day. They come and and and. You know, maybe that support. You could argue that supports um, the twing, the twingy hypothesis that everyone's more fragile than ever. But the, you could also argue that it is showing that people are. And you know, we'd, we'd have called that pulling a sickie probably back in the day. <laughs> interpreting but, things differently. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just interpreting this idea that I, I feel, I feel a bit sad. Yeah, and, and therefore that is differently. Yeah, than exactly. You would have in the past. You were done in the in the past, and and I, to some extent, I, I can't even say that's bad. It. It's different. Right, right. It sounds heretical to say that, and it sounds like a terrible, uncaring, mm. horrible thing to say. And, you know, mm. uh, we don't mean it that way at all. We're mm. just, we're... we're, we're um, uh, it's an alternative hypothesis that could explain... Yeah, and uh, there yeah, are yeah. clearly lots of people who have serious problems, and we're not denying that to, to anyone. Mm. We're not saying that people are making it up or anything like that. But mm. I, think it's, I think it's very plausible that uh, a lot of this discussion is based on the way people are talking about stuff rather than... And it's an irony here as well, of course, because Jonathan Haidt is very against, you know, wrapping people up in cotton wool and stuff like that. That's, you know, mm. there are literally pictures of cotton wool on the front of his book, The Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and he's, he's very... He's, he wants to build kind of resilience and robustness and, and, and so on. Um and yet, uh, I, I think there might be a, 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 a bit of a sort of backfire effect of, uh, or there could potentially be a sort of backfire effect of him constantly talking about how this is the worst, most anxious generation for yeah. you know for decades, and um, that it might have its own uh, problems. Anyway, in terms of the actual policy, it is quite a big thing to ban kids it's from huge. smartphones. Be huge because kids in their teens now, you know, for better or worse, right? They they live vast amounts of their social life through social media like they're, yeah, they yeah. that is how they're conversing i mean you know i live a huge amounts of my social my social life through social media i yeah. like we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for twitter i don't think or maybe i don't know right. like that this part you know like the it is and if we're just saying well like you go, you go home from school and you give them the phone and like they, you're going to cut them off from huge amounts of their social life um and I, I would think, need I mean, to be uh, banning them in 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 classroom while you're teaching a lesson. If you're a teacher, I think that makes I sense. I can't. I can't see a problem with that. Like, just, yeah. like, like you wouldn't 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 want them reading a book during right exactly like, reading, reading other stuff like, or writing each other messages on bits of paper and passing them around. That's what, yeah exactly. People yeah, people doing, got in trouble for that. Know, yeah, people got in trouble yeah. for that when they were like yes. for passing notes in class in our day. And if you're doing the digital equivalent, it doesn't matter that it's on. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just to, but saying you're not allowed to use phones, not allowed to have WhatsApp groups that you to discuss things with your friends, whatever. Um, and we should one sometime talk about digital bullying, online bullying, which I pre spoiler alert I think is again somewhat overstated. But we'll come, we'll try and look into that. Somewhat overstated, but again, we should also say <laughs> like yeah. not there that are it's lots not real. Bad yeah. things that, yeah. That, that, yeah, these do these things do exist, and also there's a whole world of like horrendous things that happen online like child sex exploitation and so on that's yeah. 
only exist now that didn't that couldn't have existed before you know before the internet or, or certainly are vastly worse now certainly yeah than, you couldn't you couldn't the, share them on the internet before the internet yeah, exa- like, exactly yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah. so 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 clearly there are some unambiguously bad things about the internet that we that, 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 totally driving while looking at your phone like these are right exactly exactly it's just really bad yeah so 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 yeah we're not like again the sort of pollyanna-ish saying everything's absolutely fine and the internet's great and uh, Mm. and so on but let's just get some good evidence on this before we start uh having a massive panic about it that's all yeah that's it yeah and and before we start taking big steps like really big and genuinely like life-altering for young people steps like taking banning mm. phones for under 16s or something like that that, yeah, that would yeah. that would be such a big step and i don't think there's not this i'm i'm deeply unconvinced that there is a massive mental health crisis that in the in the way that people are arguing it justifies and, this yeah, yeah exactly let alone there is one at all let alone that it's um obviously linked to phones i think that yeah. that's my sort yeah, of position absolutely yeah yeah thanks very much